last time on Four Or. Day nine, you come across another town on your journey, and this is the town of Joan. Finch pulls the wagon kind of to the side in the square, I guess. And uh, we're going to take five, guys. I'll get out and stretch and approach the community board as well. Uh, I'm going to go fill up the water skins. Uh, handle beer. I want to go to the temple. I want to okay. go in. Find my dog. 200 gold. He has a blue collar Dalmatian named Rufus. I got a delivery that needs to go. I don't treat easy though, so be ready for a test. I feel like doing a good deed. I'll go pick it up. We'll drop it off. All right. Sure. Need some lumber hauled down from the Rico lumber yard. You know, I could honestly use some gold. Uh, if we have some time for a pit stop, you know, maybe we could help the town out. And I could practice my divination. Maybe I can find this dog. Excuse me, uh, do you know where Rico's lumber yard is? Oh, yeah. If you go over here to the East Road and uh, head east for about uh, 20 minutes or so, you'll find him. It's a big old lumber yard and lots of trees cut down all around it. Okay, thank you for your help. Okay, and I'll trot back over to the group. The lumber yard is this way. I'll climb into the coach. Yeah. The road to the lumber yard is trodden. Oh, thank the guardians. Someone's here. Who are you? We are just travelers going to try and lend a helping hand to the lumber yard. Something's attacking our lumber yard. These like toad-like things. They're multicolored. How many of these creatures are there? I only saw two. How big are they? Uh, about my size, so normal size. Are they bullywugs? Bullywugs are smaller, weren't they? Bullywugs are like small, like Dorth. You notice that there are these medium-sized humanoid creatures kind of arguing with each other near the lumber mill. There's a green one, a blue one, and a red one, and they're they are very toad-like. <laughs> I'll just, like, shout out to them, like, hello, friends. <laughs> <laughs> All three of them turn to y'all immediately with this 150-foot range, and they start yelling at each other, and then the green one points at y'all, and the blue one and red one start charging angrily at you. Give me initiatives. <laughs> oh, come on. We moved on to Kurgle, who runs into the spike growth and passes shot. out again. <laughs> Positions herself to the side with her flintlock. Kill and shot. takes the shot. Let's go. For a 19, 26 piercing damage. Bang, bang. Kills the green slot. <laughs> Damn it. The bullet flies true into the green slot's head. The body falls into the spikes. And you'll start to gather, and we will pick up next week. Kurgle takes aim with her flintlock and fires at the green slod. The bullet flies true and blasts through the slod's head. Enlarged Astra floats to the ground, falls to her knees, and places her face in her palms. Bellamere still holds the body of the red slod 30 feet in the air with his telekinetic grip. Finch loosens his pull on a notched arrow. Dorth relaxes as the fight comes to an end. Keth, you stand over the body of the green slod. You look back to Kurgle, who is panting heavily with her flintlock loose in her hands. She nods to you. You turn back to the slod and run your fingers alongside the wounds. The blue slod's claws went deep. You wince a little at the pain. 
I'll turn around and just kind of survey the, the battlefield and see all that, and I'll uh, I'll make my way over towards Astra. Okay. And I'll put my hand on her giant shoulder <laughs> and say, "Oh, are are you okay, Astra? Are you hurt?" I'm fine. And this is all my fault. It's not your fault. It's the slide's fault. Now we don't have a, a wagon and or a horse or any horses. Oh yeah, it's it's okay. We we could we'll figure it out. Are are you okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just like move my hand and show the the deep wounds that the slot had made. Okay, uh, Keth, being <laughs> honest, <laughs> I will. Slowly, well, I guess I'll I'll quickly look up at his wound and then reluctantly stand up to heal him. You probably don't have to look up because you're large and you're on your knees and you're probably his height. (laughs) (laughs) Kurgle actually sees you going to heal him and says, "Oh yeah, I'm kind of hurt too over here. I know Doris, you healed me and everything, but I don't feel too good." Did she have any like actual wounds where they closed up at this point? Like, um, did she take damage after getting healed? Uh, give me a medicine check. Yeah, I was gonna say if she didn't take any more damage, then her wounds should have healed over. So, what I if you'd like to also do a medicine check, you can. I just got a five. All right, it's a seven. To both of you, it looks like the healing that Dorothy did did not close over her wounds. Listen, I make things better. I don't make things perfect. <laughs> well, if they're if they're not healing, then there must be something else going on. Maybe could try like rub some good berries on it or something. I'll do that. That's a waste of good berries. Or just eat them. <laughs> I'll make some good berries and then give five to Keth and five to Kurgle. All right. Nom nom nom. Keth and Kurgle both eat the five good berries. You can see that like Kurgle feels rejuvenated and full. And Keth, you probably look the same, but both of their wounds have not closed over. Now that is strange. As I'll just kind of like lean in and like squint to look at the wound a little bit. Oh, you want to do a medicine check? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't really feel that much better. Usually after I eat a good berry, I feel a little better. 22. So yeah, something's very odd about the wound for you, Finch. Um, I mean, you've seen combat wounds and everything, but this has like a, a white pus on the outer edges of the... Uh, cut and it doesn't seem to be just a claw it looks like a scratch this looks diseased oh yeah no, no this doesn't look right at all guys uh, this looks infected or something like you're oozing bro <laughs> ew gross and I want to step back Astra will take a close looker at Kat's wounds to try to see what Finch is talking about yeah with that knowledge and your study into medicine and healing recently with your cleric levels. It does look more than just like a battle wound. Okay. Astra will inspect Keth's wounds a little closer. Um, I might have a, a spell for that if it's maybe they in, injected some kind of poison or disease with their claws. And I'll just think for a second and cast uh, Lesser Restoration on Keth's wounds. Okay. Um, to target a disease. Uh, do you target like a specific thing, like disease or poison or condition, or does yeah? It... If did Finch specifically say disease? I said it looks infected. He said you oozing, bro. Oh. And I said you oozing. Could Astra determine that oozing slash infected equals disease? I mean, there's probably some poisons that would cause some oozing and some diseases that would do the same. So I would say give me another medicine check. Do it with advantage, actually. 
uh, just because he gave you a hint of what's going on. That is a 12. It does appear to be some sort of disease and not a poison. Okay. On both Keth and Kurgle. All right. I cast Lesser Restoration on Keth. All right. So, Keth, after that, you do feel a lot better. The maximum hit point damage that you have does not go away. It won't go away until after a long rest currently with uh, the disease cured. But you feel like your body's not reacting poorly to this infection of whatever it is. So you might have felt feverish or something like that before, and now you're just not feeling that fever. Oh, I feel I feel a lot better, actually. Wounds are still open because it didn't heal you. Okay, that's good. That means uh, it's some kind of disease. I don't know what type, but I'm glad that helped. And I'll walk over to Kurgle and cast Lesser Restoration on her. Oh, thank you. I feel so much better. Wow. All right. And then she pokes her wounds like, well, I'm a little bloody still. I will cast Channel Divinity to heal both of them. After you heal Keth and Kurgle, your wounds do close over and you're no longer bloodied. And what's next? Uh, while they're all tending to themselves and each other, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to uh, lower the red slot down okay. from my telekinetic grip and you know, just gently place it on the ground and sort of just inspect it, I guess. Okay. Uh, I know Doroth mentioned that they're slods and that rang a bell, but I don't really know anything about them. So. Okay. Doroth and, well, Finch, you were kind of involved in the medicine thing, so we'll say you're kind of hung up on that one. Uh, sure. Doroth, is there anything else you're doing at this moment? If I see Felomir lowering the uh, the slot, I would like to walk over and be like, What's, what, what are these things, actually? Like, I think they're slots. I think, I don't know. Okay, so y'all want to do an investigation together? Yeah. yeah. All right, y'all want to give it one of the person advantage or take your own checks? Uh, I'll give him advantage. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, I'll just bend down and start sort of prodding it okay. with my staff and kind of see. Give me, just be like peeking over. <laughs> All right, yeah, give me the investigation check with advantage. Uh, that's going to be a 14. All right, so you investigate the body. Uh, you've lowered it, and you realize that, like, the head's been blown out. I believe this is uh, one that Finch shot with an arrow, and it went straight through the head and exploded out the other end. So there's a little bit hard to tell what's going on with the head of the body, but uh, you can tell that the claws of the slod do have some sort of ichor on them uh okay. not a dark party icker type icker it mm. it's not a magical thing it's just an icker <laughs> of course mm. you know ickers <laughs> <laughs> you can presume this is what kind of happened to uh keth and kurgle okay with that successful investigation check give me a uh perception check as well something that might get caught in the side of your eye <laughs> Crit miss or right. two. Uh, so yeah, as you're investigating the body, Felomir, unfortunately, nothing really stands out to you other than just that this frog creature is here and it hurt a lot of people with some sort of ichor. Hmm. Well, I see where the um the the oozing has come from. Ew, gross. But I've definitely never encountered anything like this before. And these guys were tough, man. I I've never seen anything like this either. Like. Why are they here? Where did they come from? Like, what are they doing on Asus then? And how? Absolutely no clue. And, and why this lumber mill? And then I'll, I'll kind of look over at the wherever they started from. Okay. You know, I, I might go check out the mill. Maybe there's something in there they were trying to get for some reason. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, we should we should all probably go into the mill and take a rest. I still don't feel that great. Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking super hot, but I'm not as bad, I think, as you guys. I, I guess we could just 
you know, hang out in, in, in there. And point towards the lumber mill. Just keep the door locked. We could at least take a, a break and determine where to go next. Yeah, I mean, we at least need to see what's in there, I think. And it's a safe location if we could bar the inside. We don't know if there's any more of these things out there. Very true. If there are, I think I could shoot them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I shot that green one pretty good, huh? Yeah, I guess you got more than me. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll walk over to the green one uh, as I say that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you walk over to the green one just doing an investigation. Yeah. All right. Uh, give me an investigation check. Well, uh, with that, it's a general success. Uh, so I'm going to kind of treat it like I did with Felomir. Uh, so you check out the body. You know it's not something of Asus, uh, knowing that Dorth has kind of given you that information already. The head's more blown out than the ones that uh, that Finch killed with the arrows because this was still in the flintlock. And so you kind of look at the scattered brain mass that's all over the ground in a cocoon shape. Uh, give me a perception check with that. 17. All right, so something does kind of stand out to you in this, like, gory mess that's behind the green slot. Something shiny and red is in the bloody mess, and it's shiny like a gym type thing. Ooh, what's this? (laughs) Reach down into the brain. (laughs) You reach down into the brain matter, and you pull out this uh, red ruby-looking thing. It's not like pristinely cut or anything like that. It's pretty raw ruby. It seemed to be either dropped here and then just covered in this brain mass or it was in the brain. I'm going to like flip it over and just look at all sides of it. Are they all evenly coated in brain matter? More blood than brain matter, but yeah. Hey, guys. And I'll uh, hold up the ruby as I turn around and say, I think this ruby was in its head. Are you sure that's a ruby or not a piece of brain? What the <laughs> fuck? Put that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely not brain. Are you sure? And I'll walk over. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll approach as well. I'll just hold it like out in front of me at uh, towards them. Okay. You hold it out to them and do you like clean it off or anything? Or just... No. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you hold it out to them and Dorothy and Felomir, you look at it closely and it does appear to be some sort of gem that's Ooh. coated in this blood. Ooh, where? Where did you find this? It was over there with the brains. <laughs> where where the brains go? It, it was in his head? I think so. Uh, I would like to cast Detect Magic okay. upon seeing this gem. Uh, yeah, so you cast Detect Magic, and you indeed uh, feel a see a magical aura coming from it, and it is an orange aura coming from the red ruby. Hmm, this seems to be some sort of enchantment gem. Uh, um, typically, that involves some sort of control over other creatures very interesting if i'm not within 30 feet of the other two i would like to get within range of them and keep my detect magic up just to see if they happen to have any gems okay yeah uh so you're not so you do move forward to the red body and the blue body and as you get close to them the red body in like its brain matter gore that's coming from like that's off to like 10 feet to the side because it was shot and it was like 60 feet in the air um, you do find that there's a little red ruby in that one. And then in the blue one, it's still in the head of the blue body. Okay. Uh, I'll collect them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, how do you want to collect it from the blue body? Uh, I'll just I'll just go in there. All right. I mean, there's a hole in his head. So. I ain't got nothing to lose. I'll just stick my hand in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm old. 
I've seen it all. <laughs> and yeah. I'm all right. Saying. So yeah, you got the uh, you got two in your hand, and has the other one. Uh, do they all look identical? Uh, they all have different cuts, but the gem color and like the gem type, they do seem to be the same. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll just go back over to Kath and everyone else. Yes, the other two slods had gems in, I assume, their heads as well. How did they get gems in their head? Someone stick them there? I would imagine so, especially considering it's some sort of enchantment spell. Uh, as I said before, that's typically a form of mind control, so whoever put these gems there or wherever they came from, uh, they were, I assume, intended to control these creatures. So were all three of them being controlled? Well, they all had the same gems in their heads, so I would assume. So maybe there's a fourth one. A fourth slot, I mean. Maybe not another gem, but if they're all being controlled, then someone's controlling them as I look around. Well, it doesn't seem like they come from here. Wherever they came from, maybe the one controlling them is there. Yes, perhaps they were sent here. You said that you believe they're from Dorla, correct? I believe so. My memory is foggy, but... I believe so. Perhaps they were sent here for a specific reason. To collect lumber? Why would they be attacking a lumber yard? That I'm not sure of. I'm I'm going inside, and I'm going to go into the cabin or The lumber mill? Yeah. Okay. Doris starts to walk towards the mill. Uh, It's a roughly 50 to 90 foot walk. I'm with him for sure. Okay. Yeah. I'll just shrug and kind of like brush the two gems off (laughs) and put them in my pocket. And... uh, (laughs) And follow Dorothy. Yeah, and I'll uh, put mine in my pocket without washing it off. Okay. (laughs) Astra looks back at the wreckage and hangs her head and slowly walks towards the lumber mill building. Looks pretty messy, huh? Kurgle follows to the side of you and puts her hand on your shoulder. It's okay. I've made mistakes like this before, too. Is she still giant? No, no, we'll say that. Actually, we'll say you were still giant, and then you like shrunk as this conversation. <laughs> as I hang my head lower and lower. I mean, one time I lost an entire ship of people. I'm the only one that survived. 52 crewmen just dead. God. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, the fish has got to have some food too, right? I just bite my lip and say, I'm, I'm glad that you made it out, Kurgle. Yeah, me too. That was my first ship. It's gone. Under the waters. Law to see. And then you enter the lumber mill. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Stop making me have awkward conversations, David. All right, so you walk over to the lumber mill and you open up the door that they were standing near and kind of peek around on the inside. Um, it's a lumber mill. Uh, there's multiple floors that you can see. Uh, it's like there's balconies kind of wrapped around this like triple story building. The, each floor doesn't appear to be just one solid floor as you do work and, you know, move things downstairs and with cranes and pulleys and blah, 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 blah. And there's lots of saw blades that seem to be powered by some sort of like wheel that you would turn on your own. And like the gears would make it go faster than more the way you turn it. And uh, if you want to, like, investigate the area, I guess give me investigation checks. I'd like to investigate, but specifically, like, trying to see where their footprints may have led to or come from uh, when they were at the spot. Because this is where we first saw them, so hoping I can track maybe where they came okay. from a little bit. Um, I mean, whenever you approached, they were on the outside of the lumber mill, not on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and the door was closed, so you're... That's what I mean, just like, since it's outside, I assume maybe it was like kind of a dirt patch or something oh, where I might wanna, find a footprint. You want to see where, where they approached from? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so not in the lumber mill then. Uh, yeah, I, I assuming that like, 
we get to the door, it opens, and then I'm just like, huh, footprints. Okay, gotcha. Uh, give me a investigation check as you approach the door then. 17. You do see some footprints. Uh, the area's like got grassy patches all over the place in between where there's still stumps and things like that. You'll find some footprints and they kind of like edge into the grass. And these footprints aren't like human footprints. These are like triple claw, little wide. They're definitely not human, uh, which is the only people you knew that were here before were the humans. Um, what's his name? Rico Rico and his children. Rico's Lumberyard. Was it really Rico? Mm-hmm. Please mm-hmm. Yes. And so uh, these footprints appear to be the slods and they are coming from like the east, uh, more northeast-ish, I guess. So east, northeast. You follow them for like 20, 30 feet. I don't know if you want to continue. Or maybe I'll stop at that point and be like, hey guys, I found some claw or footprints, whatever you want to call these. Uh, looks like they came from this way. Oh yeah? What is the uh, land like where he's pointing? Um, so it's mostly, so like, I think there's like a hundred foot radius around the lumber mill, maybe more than that of like, uh, deforested area and there's just stumps and then grassy little patches. And then as it gets past that hundred foot, it's just like a wall of trees, just thick forest. I'm going to come back out of the lumber mill and walk over to Finch and be like, Oh, did you, did you talk to the grass? Hmm. Hey, hey, grass, where where did these footprints come from? What do you mean, Dora? <laughs> like, Finch, <laughs> don't be ridiculous. You, grass doesn't like to be talked to that way. They can't understand you. I didn't think it could understand me in the first place. Don't. Hold on. Listen, just do it this way, and I'll get down on my knees and kind of speak with plants. Since he uh, do it this way, I'm going to get down on the knee with him. <laughs> <laughs> Does it just talk to you, or, like, with a voice? I think... Let's read this. Yeah. You imbue plants with 30 feet with the limited zinnings, blah, 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 blah. You question plants about events in the spell's area with the past day, gaining information about creatures that have passed, weather, and other circumstances. I don't interpret this as if they have a voice. Okay. Maybe it's kind of like uh, Speak with Small Beasts, where the beasts just kind of like hop around and use body language. Oh, yeah, the, the sign language. Yeah. yeah. Either that or yeah. however they could potentially convey information. Nope. Yeah. Without speaking. All right. What are you asking? Well, now that I see that Finch is trying to follow footprints and I asked him, did you ask the grass <laughs> where they went? I would be trying to see if the grass knew where the slots came from. Okay. You get down on your knees and you start to cast a spell. What's this look like for us? Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm down on my knees. I, I have both my palms in the, uh, in, in the ground and I have my eyes closed. And I guess that's it. And I, I don't know how the grass is acting yet, but that's what I'm doing. Okay. And I'm trying to communicate, like, transfer my thoughts to the grass. Okay, so just see. your thoughts, not your voice? You don't want to say anything out no. loud? Okay. Hmm. All right. Everyone sees Doroth get down on a knee, and Finch, you're sitting next to him on your knee, and you've put your hands down. And unfortunately, this doesn't happen for you, but it <laughs> happens for him. Yeah. And you see just like a green uh, mist, I guess we could say, kind of a mitt from his palms, like facing down on the ground, and it uh, kind of envelops his hands, and then it kind of scatters, and you see the grass start to like move, kind of wave, but there's no wind. So somehow this grass is now moving. Dorothy, you open your eyes. For some reason, I pictured you with your eyes closed in this. Uh, You open your eyes and you look forward to the east-northeast and you see the grass kind of 
waving in that direction as if wind was pushing it. Ah, ah, okay. It's this way. This is where they came from. Speaking to you, the grass. Yeah, I'm going to kind of stand up and, and like squint and look at the way it's pointing like amazed. You've never done this? No, never. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this done. You can gather so much information this way. I learned how to do it about last week. Color me impressed. Well, let, let's see where this goes. I'll get up and start walking okay, in so that direction. Dorothy and Fitch stand up and start walking that way. I'm assuming like the three of you are still standing at the doorway of the lumber mill, maybe? look Like watching them from a distance? I mean, if I went in first, I would be inside. But if I was behind them and I saw them go over that way, I would stop. Well, I know like Finch mentioned like, oh, wait, guys, the I'm seeing tracks. So he did call out to everybody. Well, I think Dorothy then, was the first one in there. Then, yeah, I'd probably be watching them. Okay. Uh, where, where are you going? I'll yell at them. Turn back. Sorry, the, the grass is telling us wh- where the slods came from. <laughs> I, th- I think we're going to follow it. I'm just raising one eyebrow. Dora's talking to grass. <laughs> Guys. I don't hear no grass. I'll just point out the way the grass is moving. What's going on? I guess we need to follow him. I mean, I, I'm fine to follow. Did you guys not need to rest at all? No, I should probably rest, but I mean, if y'all are going to go wandering off in the woods, I better come with you. I'll follow you. I don't have any problems right now. And she puts her hands on her hips. <laughs> well, Blood dripping from yeah. her side. <laughs> It's just when it comes to tracking, you know, you gotta, you're just losing any chance the longer we wait of finding uh, where these things could have come from. So, all right, well, let's let's go. I'll start walking towards them. I don't, I don't want to split up. We don't know how many more of these things there are, and we definitely can't take them on our own. I bet I could. You know what? I bet you could, Kurgle. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> the trail is it's it's quiet. I need silence. All right, so the six of you with Kurgle start moving into the east-northeast area of the forest. As you get to the forest edge of this deforested area, the grass kind of is more limited for you, Dorothy. And so as, as you coast into this area, you see the branches of the trees kind of bend into the direction of where they're trying to tell you. And they're not like waving back and forth. They're just like straight up bending. Oh, shit. I just look amazed. I'm like wide-eyed as we are like walking down this trail. And even like shrubbery and brush that's on the ground kind of, we'll say like even like one bigger bush kind of uproots itself and leans to the right side, like moving out of your way. Damn, okay. (laughs) Cool. And then like as the six of you pass by it, it kind of leans back into its place and roots itself back in. This way. (laughs) (laughs) And so you travel through the forest. Uh, We'll just kind of skip ahead a little bit. About 10 minutes in, you're in the middle of the forest and you still haven't come across anything. And this actually is whenever your spell ends, I believe. Well, uh, this looks like the end of the road. It came from right here? Well, I mean, it's all the plants are telling me. Can I look around and see if I can find any more footsteps or anything? Uh, sure. Give me a survival or investigation check. Ooh, that is, uh, 19 again. Okay. You do find the footprints, and in this area, because there's less grass, it's actually easier to see that there are, like... There was a recent rain, I believe, we talked about at some point, maybe. I can't remember. Either way, we'll say that there was a recent rain. 
there's footprints that are maybe like half an inch deep and you can see clearly some claws and you can see them going into an area that's kind of heavy roots of a tree and so you lose them briefly kind of step onto the roots and you see um, the footprints going off in the distance again and you're kind of losing it catching it losing it catching it this definitely is a slower process than what Darth was doing when speak with plants but you are finding the trail cool yeah guys I still got the trail uh, they're coming from this way and I'll, I'll just take the lead okay with Finch uh, I believe one of your favorite terrain is uh, forest so yeah that's right it's, I have it written down somewhere I think so you're actually moving at normal speed as long as you keep track of the trail so you continue following the trail of these footprints of these slods and um, eventually it's starting to take an incline there seems to be some sort of hill in your vicinity the trail is going up it but it turns into more bouldery rocks uh, there's still like plants and trees growing in between the boulders and the rocks and it's got a lot of heavy vegetation you're losing those footprints all right uh we're getting to ground where I can't really track them too much further than this, guys. I mean, there's other ways. I'm just going to need another uh, investigation check if you want to continue. It'll just be a little harder for me to track them. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll lick a finger and stick it up in the air and do another investigation check. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Maybe, um, hey, Boisterich. Yeah. Uh, do you think you could track? Did you uh, pick up the scent of those creatures? Oh, back yeah, there? they smelled real bad. Do you still smell their presence? No, not really, no. I'll kind of like put him to the ground and see if that helps. What about now? I smell some, some nuts, some some acorns. Yeah, I, there's some acorns over here. Okay, if, if you want to go get the acorns, you, you yes, can do yes, so. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> but if you, if you pick up any scent of those creatures, let us know. We're trying to find where they came from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm also going to look at Kurgle and Keth, uh, noticing that we're about to get into some difficult terrain. How are you guys holding up? I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, I mean, my, my blood's kind of dried up a little bit, so that's nice. Yeah, it's not so wet anymore. I'll, like, pull my, my shirt, like, off of my wound where it's been, like, clinging to the wound. <laughs> you know how it, like, dries. And... You, you guys just let me know if y'all need anything. All right. Yeah. I mean, I just don't feel great, but, like, you know, I'm fine. I can shoot a pistol. <laughs> What's a pistol? Oh, yeah, a pistol? That's what they call these. They're mostly like flintlocks, but like a flintlock is a pistol, but a flintlock can also be a rifle, right? Oh, okay. I see. I see. You know what a rifle is? I, you know what? I think I looked at one when we were on the island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that. And I mean, cannons aren't really flintlocks because you, you light a wick and then the wick burns. But a flintlock, you know, it, it, it makes a spark on you. And it fires. So all pistols are flintlocks, but not all flintlocks are pistols. Yes. Okay. I don't know how legit that is in real life, but that's what we're going to go with. <laughs> Kurgle, Kurgle knows yeah. best. Yeah. Kurgle knows the word she ratio. She knows more about <laughs> flintlocks than any of us. So I'm what is her word for it. She has a whetstone. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, you said there were bold, like boulders around where we were aware of. Uh, Finch lost the tracks. Yeah, this hill has kind of like pretty large boulders and rocky, but like there's vegetation growing between the rocks. I'll uh, I'll climb up on one of the boulders and just kind of look around to see if I can see anything. Okay, sure. Uh, give me a perception check. 21. All right. So yeah, you uh, climb up onto a boulder and you kind of look up the hill and look around. Uh, nothing around you really. No you notice anything, but the hill, you notice that it kind of naturally gets to high area. And then there's just like a bigger column of like 
rock and vines going up. And not, it doesn't look like man-made or anything. It just looks like a steeper area at the top of the hill. Oh, looks like we got a lot of climbing to do. What? I'll just point it out to, to everyone. Oh, God. Really? Finch, can you find the trail again? Let me try, and I'll re-wet my finger and put it back up in the air and roll an investigation check. Okay. <laughs> I like how the wind somehow was telling you <laughs> where the slots came from. 12. All right, so with the 12, and you know you're somewhat on the track, you start looking around. And with these, like, trees that are growing in between rocks and stuff, they have some low limbs, and you find some that are broken and snapped. And these slots probably just came rumbling through. Could be a bear. Could be a deer running through and just hit the branch and broke it. But it seems like it could be the slods. So uh, you follow these broken branches up the hill a little further. And eventually you get to an area that's more rock than it is vegetation. And you find that there's like, it's not caked, but there's definitely some like dirt that got rubbed on rocks as maybe they were climbing through and climbing down. Not only leaving footprints, but also handprints. So you're you're finding things that obviously have their like their trail um, of where they came from. So at the top of this hill, they seem to came from the top somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe they walked over the hill and down, but you don't know. But as you get closer, you get a look at the far horizon and start looking around everything. See that the forest is kind of goes on for miles to the north and to the east and to the south. To the west, you can see the town of Joan just on the forest's edge. You see like uh, like chimneys with smoke coming out and things like that. Past the town of Joan, you, further to the west, you see that there's like sprawling plains and the farmland that's kind of beyond the town where you were kind of taking the wagon through. As you're at the top and looking around, you realize that this isn't a mountain for sure. It's just like a really high hill in this forest. But next to you, and you're like putting your hands on it now, there's like... I would say like maybe it's like like an 80 degree wall that's kind of curved or not curved but um diagonal towards the sky it's not like a full-on straight wall 90 degree turn as you like pull vines to the side there do seem to be like stones that were man-made and stacked and this doesn't appear to be just a hill at the top but it's covered in so much vine and like trees are growing from the edges and branches and stuff like that that this tower has been here for a long time and it's been disguised in this forest landscape so much that you wouldn't have known from a distance. Hey, companions. Wowie. It has been a rough four weeks. Sorry I haven't gotten an episode out to you, but we hit snag after snag with our production process, and I definitely couldn't get you the episode two weeks after our last one. And then squeezing it into the third week would have been tough. You know, I don't think I've ever told you all about the editing process and how much work is put into it, huh? Did that sound like sarcasm? Because it should have. I know I've told you. Several times. Speaking of the editing process and what all goes into it, to all of you who have given us support, thank you so much. We go through this not only for us, but for you. And if you are this far into our show, that must mean we are doing something right for you. If you would like to support the show, make sure to go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. We made it to over 100 reviews internationally, but still sitting at 87 for our home country of the United States. 
Let's try not only to get those extra 13 in the States, but let's set our goal for 200 now internationally. And remember, you don't have to have an Apple device to give a review. If you need some direction on how to do this from your Windows PC, I can share it with you on Discord. That's right, we have a Discord. We've got a great vocal community over the Discord, so be sure to come hang out. If you need the invite, I'll try and post it on our Twitter the day of this episode release. And something I haven't done in a minute is talk about our Patreon and name off our supporting companions. So let's do that now. This time, we will do it based on longest subscription by date. First up is Colby Parker, Andrew O'Dell, Dave Schmidt-Henner, Samuel Moore, Kevin McEwen, Jacob Williams, Deidre Cole, Keith No Last Name Foyston, Evan Wiley, Jeremy Kleinhands, Chase Rim, Adam Wright, Damian Rail, Lucas Duff, Jason Kachuk, Diana Deli, Mars Langford, Scott Nelson, The Backwater Bastards, Matthew and Caitlin Engelman, Mark Boykin, Aaron Pruce, Dara DeFore, uh, someone I don't have their actual name for, so something wicked, Thea Whalen, Stephen Bright, Joe Hudson, Ben Toothaker, and our newest, Taryn Van Ettinger. Thank you all so much for the support you give us on Patreon. Everything you give us is put right back into the podcast. So really, you're helping improve the show. Also on Patreon, something we are doing and keeping up with in terms of bonus content material is our homebrew content suggestion poll. Every two months, I run a poll on Patreon asking what y'all want in terms of homebrew content. And the months between is when we release that content. For the January poll, Aspect of the Turkadile, which is Keth's subclass, won the poll and then we released it in February. For the March poll, Astra's Gem of the Cloak won. That's her area of effects gem. We released that in April. For the May poll, the Glass Wraith from the Himeran Temple and Through Thick and Dim won. I've been working on this content and it should release by the end of this month. The artist that I'm working with has been sending me drafts of it so far and I am so excited for y'all to see it. Other than that, I want to give you my sincerest apology for missing the release of this episode two weeks ago. Life really just hit me right in the face, and I'm trying to get back on track. So hopefully, no missed releases again for a while. So, let's get back to the episode. So it's just like one singular pillar? Uh, it's pretty large. Well, we'll say that the base of it is probably 40 feet wide. Okay. And how high up does it go? 80 feet. I'll, uh, I'll point it out and say, well, this is a peculiar stone structure. And then I'll just sort of like walk up to it and start kind of removing vines just okay. to get a better look at it. Yeah. As you like rip vines off and take a look, the stones, they're not like, they're ancient. It's been here for centuries. Nature has definitely grown over it. The cracks in between the rocks aren't, the mortar has kind of fallen off to where you can see somewhat on the inside if it was lit up, maybe. It's a crumbling tower, basically. When you say tower, does it appear there's an inside, like it's hollow on the inside? Yes, it does appear to be hollow on the inside. Okay. I can't see inside of it at all, even with... Oh, you have double sight. So yeah, you actually do kind of see on the inside. You can't like get a lot of angles from this one crack that you're looking at, but you do see that like on the far wall from you, there appears to be a staircase kind of leading up. Hmm. Well, it looks like some sort of tower. I, I think I see some stairs inside. Uh, there must be an entrance around here somewhere. And then I'm just going to start circling it. Okay. And kind of uh, prodding around the vines and vegetation just to see if there's an opening I can find. Okay. And also I would like to... Uh, detect any magic if there's any here okay 
so while he's doing that, anybody else got any actions they want to do? I'll assist him with the search. Okay. I'm going to call Oysterich back to me. Okay. Yeah. He's been kind of like following you like 20 feet in, in your 20 foot radius. He comes back to you and his cheeks are full with acorns, acorn insides, and he crawls up your leg and into your palm. All right. I got, I got enough, but I didn't smell anything. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for looking, bud. Uh huh. And then he crawls back into his little mesh fanny pack. You can hear him in your head. <laughs> God, God, that's awful. I guess, uh, I guess if they're going like around one way, I'll go around the other way and look for an entrance. Okay. And I'll say, well, if we can't find one, I'll just make one. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Doris, is there anything you're doing? I'm probably investigating the uh, the stone structure. Okay. Like the stone itself, or yeah. Okay. I, I would definitely want to know what the fuck that is. Okay, so while uh, Finch, Felomir are walking one way, Kath's walking the other, and Astra's tending to Oystrich, uh, give me a history check on the stone, I guess. If only you were a dwarf with stone cunning, if or only. stone whatever. If only I was intelligent at all. That's an eight. All right, even with your knowledge of your, your bardic college stuff, you can't seem to gather anything from this, other than that it's old. Hmm. Been here for a while. <laughs> uh, so, Keth, give me a investigation check for the door. Felomir and Finch, you can assist each other or take your own. I just give them the advantage if okay. I can. 16. 17. All right. Felomir finds it first. You separate around the tower, and Felomir, you're pulling at some vines and kind of peeking through. And eventually, you get to one and you take your spear and kind of jab in, in between some vines. You realize you don't hit a stone. And so you start pulling at that area and you open up the vines like a curtain and there is just this archway that leads into the base floor of this tower. And Keth will say that you, since you were just one point behind him that you get like you approach as he's pulling the vines apart. Found it. Nice. I'll help him like move the vines to the side so we can all get in. Found what? An entrance. I, and I'll scurry <laughs> <laughs> over. I'll say, well, this is the entrance, but uh, I don't think anything has been in or out of here in a while. What is this? I'm going to walk in. All right. So from the inside of this dilapidated stone tower, the ground floor is roughly 40 feet wide. And this place has been from the inside. You can tell that this place just hasn't was not built during the fourth age. So in the last 700 years, it was it's older than that. Like from the inside, you can even see the vegetation kind of creeping through the cracks in the stone and stuff like that. About 20 feet above you, there is a stone ceiling, which is probably also the floor. And it's being held up by these very rusted metal iron beams. And the staircase is wooden. Er, no, it's not wooden. It's stone. Uh, but it's also like it's built into the wall instead of to the ground. So the staircase itself also looks kind of brittle and broken and cracked. And also, like, as you're looking up at this stone ceiling, which is also probably the floor of the next level, you can see cracks through it. And there's so many cracks in the flooring that you can see sunlight coming down through other levels. Uh, so it's not like clear daylight or anything, but you can just see the hint of daylight kind of creeping through every floor. This is a very old broken tower. Uh, is there anything else on this ground level as apart from just the stairs and like is there any remnants of like furniture or no, anything like that there's no furniture there's no um really anything about it it just seems like a blank dusty area hey maybe we should rest here as i like look around this place looks brittle 
I mean, it's been here for a few hundred years at least. Yeah, it doesn't look like anyone's been through here in a while. It might fall on our head, but at least we won't get attacked. Well, I mean, if we stay here, I mean, I guess we'd be fine. But if we were to go up to the upper levels, there might be some concern for structural integrity and things of that nature. But, I mean... No, you could you could just throw up one of your, uh, your tiny huts, right? Of course. I mean, right here. But I don't think I'll be going to the upper levels. I mean, what, are you scared? Well, I would love to see what's up there. Yes, fear is a is a very important trait to have. What are you talking about, Kurgle? Why would you be scared of a tower? I'm scared of the structural integrity. Look! And I'll point at the cracks in the ceiling. I mean, don't you weigh really, really light? Well, I mean, I weigh less than you, but I'm, I'd still weigh. <laughs> what a strange comment to make. I mean, I'm just saying, you should be able to, you know, handle this fine. Well, I'm not the only one in this team, Colonel. No, I know, but, like, I'm not scared to go up there. I just don't know why this is an argument right now. <laughs> <laughs> we could just rest here. I didn't know we were even arguing. I just thought we were talking about how you're scared of going up the tower. Well, you're challenging my ideas right now, and it feels, I feel attacked. I'm not challenging your ideas. I just think that we should investigate since we came all this way, you know? Okay, so I guess we need to have a conversation about intent versus impact. So, I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm telling you this. And you're telling me that you're not attacking me, which is fine, but irrelevant. Because I'm telling you that I feel attacked. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, didn't I mean must... to attack you. I didn't know that I was hurting your feelings. You know, it's fine. You know what? It's. It, it, you know what this is? Growth. We're going to be good friends. Forever. <laughs> let's 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 rest here and then we'll talk about it. I'll uh, I'll lean I'll lean into like Dora's <laughs> shoulder and I'll say, uh, you sure you don't want to be popping out babies with her? And I'll nudge him. <laughs> you shut the fuck up <laughs> And I'll start to uh cast my uh uh Lemon's tiny hut. Okay. Be like, well well I am tired. I'll be in the hut if anyone wants to join me. I will say it's like roughly five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> like uh, we're <laughs> fucked up. We need a rest. Yeah, at least at least a little rest. I'm still bothered by not knowing where these slots came from. As I look around. <laughs> well, I don't know how else we could follow the trail. I don't believe they came from in here. Oh, certainly not. Nothing's been in here for. I don't know. I was thinking maybe. There's sunlight coming in. Maybe they like jumped out through a window or something, but they weigh so much, they, they would surely just crash the floor as broken as it is. You one would think, although I will say I intend to investigate the upper floors. Uh, give me perception checks, everyone. 11. 6. 16. 3. 14. All right, so Doroth and Finch, as you're settling in and getting ready to cast uh, Liamon's tiny hut, the two of you kind of look at each other like as you both realize almost at the same time that there's kind of a foul stench around this area, but it's like, it's a small hint. It's like maybe like the wind pushes it and you finally smell it. And then like the wind dies down and you don't, you don't smell it anymore. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. I don't usually ask for this kind of transparency, but if you farted, you can just say so. Well, I, oh, th I, 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 I farted. <laughs> You know what? I don't think I believe you. I mean, it was, you know, outside or whatever, but... Yeah, this is different, actually. I, I uh... No, it, I've heard... I've smelled your farts before. 
This is different. Astra will ask uh, Oysterich, are you picking up some kind of smell? Oh, yeah, that smells real bad. Something's real bad. Oh, well, it's gone now. Oh, oh there it is. It's bad. Something's <laughs> real it, bad around here. Does it smell the same as the slots? Uh, no. I think it smells a lot more like um, when we teleported to that island and then there was like a whole bunch of uh, dead people that were um, walking up on us and trying to kill us. The shadow assassins? No, no, no. Like, they were like, if you died and then came back to life. Okay, so undead. Dead. Okay. Okay. Not quite death. (laughs) Just a a bad look will come over my face as I'm talking to Oysterich in my head. (laughs) Uh, Guys, um, there might be some undead around or some some dead, dead. Wait, excuse me. Undead or dead? I don't know. Oysterich said it it reminded him of, of the creatures on the beach that we fought. I would just like to inform you that there's a huge difference between dead and undead. Well, I'm sure they smell roughly the same. Decay, maybe. Yes. You know, just Well, one of them is able to attack us, is what I'm saying. You know what? It also kind of smells like whenever we first got here off the boat and there was that guy that was being eaten by the crows, the ravens. Uh, it smelled like that, too. Wait, what, what guy eaten by the crows? There was a guy eaten by crows? Wait, I'll what? Look to them. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? Wow, no, he he must be referring to uh, the Crimson Command, the the messenger, Vlad. Remember the with the messenger birds. Is he saying there's a dead body up there? I guess he says it smells like that. Oh, we gotta see it. Well, <laughs> well, we might. I mean, you're already setting up your hut. We might as well rest now and check it out with a clear head in the morning. Especially if we might be going into battle. We need our to regain our strength. Hold on. I'm going to take PVAC off my shoulder. PVAC, remember, one no for no, two no's for yes. I need you to fly up to the top of this tower and back and let us know if you see any bodies, alive or dead. He jumps from your shoulder and flies towards the like exit or the entrance y'all came through. And as he's like leaving, he says, no. <laughs> no. PVAC to me. PVAC. <laughs> He gives you a second no as he's, like, out, so it's kind of, like, fades into the distance. Damn it. (laughs) How do I teach this bird? (laughs) And so y'all kind of wait for, like, maybe two minutes, and then you see, you hear the fluttering of, like, (laughs) copper wings that are really, really fast, Um, and then he flies into and lands on your shoulder and says, no, no. Uh, I'm going to look at everyone. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? Uh, it means he saw some sort of body, but it was outside the tower. So now I'm a little more concerned. Well, it appeared as if he flew upwards, right? Maybe he went to the top and looked. Uh, we gotta, we gotta go look, I guess. And I'll <laughs> slowly get back up, grab my things. We'll be protected in the hut tonight. If we want to check it out in the morning. I just need an hour. <laughs> You're still pretty hurt, Keth. Yeah, I mean. If if we just take a, a short little rest, I think I'll be all right. I would like a long rest. <laughs> well, I was about to say, like, if I we need could, some spells walk. back. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at the stairs and say, I don't think I can climb those comfortably without the assistance of a spell, which I currently can't cast. L- l- listen, everybody, let's let's just hang out here and we'll check it out later. Good? 
Well, with PVAX, no, no. I definitely want to be inside the hut because yeah, if, I don't if, know what's around us now. If they're dead, I don't think they're going anywhere. Could have been alive, though. Unless they're undead. Just ask PVAX if they were alive. I wonder if he knows the difference. PVAX. I'll pull him back down. The bodies you saw, were they alive? No. Okay, one no means no. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they were dead. We'll, we'll be fine. I'll, I'll throw the hut up, and we'll rest, and we'll check it out later. I'm gonna, just going to go stay next to Dora so I make sure that I'm in the hut when he makes it. <laughs> I, I, I will throw up the hut. All right. And we're going for the full eight hours? I mean, I, I was going for a short rest, and then I was going to look. As soon as I can cast Spider Climb, I'm going up there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop trying to die. I'm not trying to die. I'm curious about what's up there. I would like to take a long rest. I would also like to take a long rest. I am intending to take a short uh, a short rest, but being as uh, hurt as I am, I'm going to end up falling asleep in that first hour. Okay. Yeah, I just need my spells back. I'm not even that hurt. Well... I was just going to do a short rest, but I was going to do a long rest if everyone did a long rest. But if Felomir is going to get up in an hour. All right, and so this is what I'm going to do. I need Astra, Keth, Doroth, and Finch to give me constitution checks at disadvantage. Because the four of you said that you are willing to do a long rest. I'm going to say that means you're going to have the chance of falling asleep. To be clear, I'm not hiding this from anyone. Oh, like, I'm just, saying I'm going up there in an hour. I understand. So you had no intent for a long rest, so I'm not making you do it. But mm -hmm. everyone else had the possible option of doing a long rest. Is everyone this a, a, disadvantage. a saving throw? or nope, just a constitution check. 14. 10. 15. Ooh, disadvantage, huh? Yep. 7. All right. Keth and Finch for sure fall asleep within the the length of the short rest. You fall asleep. What about Kurgle? Yeah, she falls asleep. Doroth and Astra, your scores were high enough to where you can choose. But basically, in the first hour, once the hour's over, I'm assuming Felomir's leaving the hut. Mm -hmm. So you can determine on your own if you want to continue sleeping or resting and go to sleep or see Felomir leave and follow. Doroth is staying asleep. Definitely. Astra is staying asleep. Everyone falls asleep while Felomir short rests. Felomir, you come out of like a, not like an important, like necessary meditation because you're not an elf anymore, but like a short rest meditation, uh, just kind of focused in on getting your warlock spells back and you look around in this comfortable bubble of darkness that is now kind of, you know, like dark walls or whatever. And you see that all of your companions are asleep. All right. Um, I'm going to kind of glance around at everybody and just notice that they're all sleeping. And then I'm going to say to myself, I'm just going to take a look. And then I'm going to tiptoe out of the uh, hut without, you know, trying to not wake anybody up. Okay. I'm going to give everyone perception checks with disadvantage. 16. 12. 16. 19. Okay. You're tiptoeing, so give me a stealth check as well. 11. 11. So <laughs> everybody had higher than that, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, so all of you, you know, your eyes kind of flutter open to see him leaving. What you want to do with that information is up to you. He does appear to be tiptoeing out of the bubble. Once I walk out, I can walk back in, right? Yeah, as long as you were in it when it was cast, you can move freely in and out. But if Doroth leaves, it goes away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open my eyes. And then just like squint suspiciously and then close my eyes again. Okay. Like, 
you know that thing where like you pretend like you wake up and see something but you pretend like you're still asleep <laughs> i'm gonna do that okay he, and he's can we communicate through the yeah he should be able to hear you from the outside mm-hmm. i'll uh i'll try to be quiet about it but it's gonna end up being more like hey <laughs> hey Felibear. god damn it kath <laughs> where are you going ah uh, shit, shit. Uh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm just, I was just going to go take a peek up at the top of the tower. Just, just real quick. Okay, be, be careful. They're <laughs> <laughs> going uh, to sleep. Since the silence is already broken, yeah. I'll just... Do you, do you want someone to come with you, or...? Uh, it's fine. I was just going to climb up the outside and see what's up there. Just to, just to check. All right, well, if you need something, I'm here. I'll yell. But where are you going, Tolmir? Uh I'm just going to go outside of the tower. Okay. And cast Spider Climb. Okay. And scurry on up the tower. Okay. So you ca- you walk outside and you cast spider climb and you start going up the side of the tower. Are you walking like sideways or are you like? I'm gonna like crawl up the wall and then when I get to the top, I just want to sort of like peek above. Okay. And see what I can see first of all. Question. I, so there's not stairs inside leading to the next level. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's just choosing not to use them. Gotcha. Yeah, they looked very brittle and. I, I mean, Pivak saw something from the outside, so I'm just going to go see what he okay. saw. That's my intention. Okay. So you get to the top of the tower, and you peek over. And with your devil sight, it is, um, or it's not even, it's just now dusk. Um, so, like, the sun is setting on the horizon. It's actually quite pretty from here. You can see everything, like, as you're crawling up the tower, uh, like, in the horizon even better than you could before. You get to the top, and you peek over the parapet. And it is a flat-topped tower. There's no cone roof or anything like that. Um, and in the center of it all, there is a ritual-style uh, markings on the ground, like in the stone. And about five feet from it, uh, we'll say to your right, like if you're looking at the three o'clock of the of the clock, um, it is there's a dead body, a dead human man. One dead body. One dead human man. And what you can tell, even though he's on his side, uh, there is like a lot of blood and gore coming from his abdomen towards the ritual, like the ritual writing. And it's gaped and wide open from his chest. Um, How fresh does it look? Uh, The blood's definitely dry. Give me a survival or medicine check. Great miss. You cannot determine the length of time of how long. I think he's still alive. And I'm <laughs> starting to CPR compressions into the open <laughs> chest cavity. And I'm going to scurry over to him. Sir! Sir! <laughs> okay. So you scurry over to him and uh, put him on his back and see what's going on. Give me another medicine check. <laughs> 14. You uh, start to like give him CPR, like compressions on his chest. Uh, and then you realize like there's just really not much chest to work with. <laughs> uh, you did determine that he's fully dead. But I need a perception check. 10. So you turn around as you hear some like goopy sound. And then from the parapet, you look and you see this monstrous looking worm thing that's kind of tiny. It's, it's not large. It's tiny. And it launches from the parapet at you midair and it has a surprise attack on you. Give me initiative. Oh no. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. So 
this uh, slug-like thing with sharp teeth coming from its mouth flies at you and attempts to do a melee attack for a 13. Defender wins. (laughs) And you swat it away with your forearm and it just hits the ground. So that was its surprise round, so it skips you. That's the first round as it skips you and it was ahead of you in the initiative. So it will now take another attack for a 20. That's a hit. I hit you with that. <laughs> um, and it does six piercing damage. Oh, shit. <laughs> so you hit it away with your forearm. It hits the ground, and it launches at you again and latches onto your, like, calf. It's not grappled, but it's basically just holding onto you for the rest of this round. And it's now your turn. Okay. <laughs> no. I would like to cast Dimension Door. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Now, in the description of Dimension Door, it says I can bring along objects as long as their weight doesn't exceed what I can carry. I can Why also, are you doing this? I, I, I can also bring one willing creature of my size or smaller. It's up to you if the creature comes with me or not. I don't know if it would, how willing it would be. It doesn't know better if it should or not. So it's going with you because it's attached to your calf with its teeth. All right. Well, I'm going to Dimension Door. Oh. Um, <laughs> Y'all know exactly where you're going. Right outside of the hut. <laughs> We're just going to be on the inside. Ah, get it off. Yeah. Get it off. And then I'm going to start yelling. <laughs> uh, guys, there's something up there. <laughs> well, it's down here now. It's on me. It's on you. Uh-huh. All right, so that was Felomir's turn. So next would be Finch. Uh, so give me a con save, Finch, to wake up. Five. Uh, so you're still dozed off, and you're not really sure what's... You're awake to the knowledge, but your turn is uh-huh. void right now uh-huh. because you're waking up. After that is Geth. Give me a con save. So 14. So you have also woken up. I'll give you movement, no action. I'll just run outside of the hut and then I'll look at Felomir and see the thing like chomped onto his calf and just raise my hands like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I'm just pointing at it like. <laughs> I just imagine Sims. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> After Keth, we're on to Astra. And that's a 16. Again, I'm going to treat it like Keth. You wake up. Uh, you don't have any actions, but you do have movement. And I will go outside of the hut to see what the hell is going on. You see Fit, or you see Felomir pointing at his leg, and you see a worm on his leg, and you see Keth standing next to him with his arms in the air. <laughs> the hell is that? Uh, after Astro, we are on to Dorothy. God damn it. 19. Yep, you wake up. No action. You got movement if you want. All right. I don't want to exit the hut, but I can see outside the hut, right? Yeah, sure. So I see what's going on. <laughs> I'm going to stand at like at the, uh, the edge of the hut without going outside of it. That is nearest to where Felomir is. Okay. Ba- basically, my plan is to pull him into the hut. <laughs> Okay, smart. So you go and stand next to the edge, um, and then we are on to Kurgle. 
Uh, R.I.P. your leg. Pull that fucking gun I'm getting ripped tonight. R.I.P. that. She wakes up and she turns and looks at you. She chooses not to move, but to reload her. It says, Glory Vilmir, I'll get it. Boom. And after... Kirkle, we are on to uh, this worm thing. It bites your leg harder. <laughs> it does four damage. And after it bites your leg harder, we are on to Felbeer. So I, I can cast Lehman's Tiny Hut, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm familiar with how it works. And I know that creatures cannot pass through it. <laughs> so I'm going to walk into the hut. <laughs> into Dor's waiting arms. <laughs> the romance we did not expect to happen. <laughs> Dor just has like a slash fiction with like every character. <laughs> so you run into the hut and uh, it releases from your leg and falls to the ground and just hisses. <laughs> get it off, get it off. It's and then I'm just going to like stumble and like fall onto Dor. Into Dor's loving arms. Yeah. So now the uh, worm thing is on the outside of the hut. You're inside with Dor. Kath and Astra, you're on the outside and you see this worm now looking at the hut and it turns to you like a quick turn. <laughs> God, that's so fucking creepy. <laughs> And uh, we are at the top of the order with Finch. All right, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just like kind of like run, and I'm just like kind of like you're trying to kill a cockroach with a newspaper. <laughs> Only I'm gonna do it with my crowbar, and I'm gonna take two swats at this thing. First one's a 13. Second one's a 21. Both hit with the crowbar. 12 damage. All right, so you run up like, <laughs> like <laughs> it just starts slamming it with the crowbar, and you hit it twice, and it falls low. Felomir, I got it. This is what you woke us up over? It's a worm. And I'll reach down and like pick it up by its tail and just like dangle it out in front of the group. I'd like to think it's maybe like football size. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of girth. Like that ugly ass snake that I sent you a TikTok of? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called, but it had a big ass head, a real fat body, and it was super short. Oh no! And super dangerous. Apparently. And super dangerous. Just like this thing. Yeah. Well, it did. It startled me. I'm sorry. What is this thing? I've never seen a worm like this before. Get off me! <laughs> I'm gonna push. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm going to use mage hand to pick it up by the tail and like throw it to the other side <laughs> I mean, of the he's room. He's got it in his hand right now, but. Oh. You start to pull on it with your mage hand, and I'm like tug of war. <laughs> my war. I'm going to just get back in the hut and get back in bed and go back to sleep. Can y'all like respect the dead? Because y'all are just <laughs> fucking playing with this thing's carcass right now. Yeah, I'm going to go back outside the hut and look at it. Say, well, it's got a similar jaw structure to those slods. Flip it over and like just kind of maneuver its mouth open and look at it. Oh, you cut it right. Where'd you find this? Once I got to the top of the tower, there was a, a dead body, a relatively fresh one, and I went over to, to look at it. And uh, this thing just jumped on me. Uh, I want to detect magic. Okay, you uh, detect magic. With your detect magic, you don't detect any magic from this creature. I'll uh, just be standing next to Keth as he's holding it, kind of poking it. Well, I don't think it's got a gem in it. I don't sense one. Hmm. So maybe it's like a baby? Uh, it looks to be that way. And based on that man's injuries up there, it might have sprouted from him. 
Wait, who was the guy? You said there was a a, a dead man? Uh, yes, I didn't get a good look at him, but it's he had a, a large hole in his chest. Maybe that is worth investigating. Yes. Like, who is that man? What is he doing here? There was also some sort of ritual markings on the top of the tower as well. Okay, so that's worth mentioning, yes. Well, I was getting to it. Give me a break here, and I'll just motion toward my leg again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but I still believe we need to rest. I would like to go back to sleep and do this later. That's fine. I used all my recently acquired spell slots anyway. <laughs> I do think it's best if we all stay in the hut for the remainder of the time and, and leave all a- as one. Thank you. I uh, just groan and roll over. I'll uh, I'll just toss the, the slot baby over my shoulder and go back into the hut. Well, I was really hoping to shoot it, but I guess I'll keep it loaded. Well, I, um. I, just, <laughs> I just really think the whole mentality of having something like that, the, the, the flintlock, is maybe... To not use it. What do you mean? It's my weapon. Well, I, yeah, but I mean, maybe you can use it more of as a d- deterrent. Well, maybe but... you shouldn't use your wand. Well, fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and no one, none of the listeners are going to see it, but Dave just did like a neck thing yeah. and like <laughs> hands on his hips. Like... It was very passive aggressive. <laughs> there was some Kurgletude coming out. It's like, damn. Yes, Kurgletude. <laughs> That's a new one. That's a keeper. Sassy Kurg. <laughs> I guess I'll just roll over and go to sleep too, I guess. Damn. <laughs> All right, fine. Then I'll just sit back down. All right, so uh, we all go to sleep and uh, long rest. Dorothy sleeps on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I feel a lot better. Oh, and it's one o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, <laughs> eight hours yeah, later, we, we went to sleep mad early. <laughs> as as the uh, hut disappears and you are awakened by the loud cicadas outside, it's just not comfortable anymore. You flutter your eyes open to realize you're just on the bottom floor of the stone tower with the insects. I'll uh, I'll look over to where I toss the uh, slot baby and make sure it's still there. Oh yeah, it's still there, just kind of. Rotting. Right, well, shall we? Shall we go back up? I just <laughs> roll my eyes at Philomir. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind going over and ex- inspecting the stairs. Okay, for integrity, basically. Yeah, whether yeah. I'll, maybe I like step on the first couple, try and test the weight. I will also do that in case I need to mend some some <laughs> troublesome areas. Let's do an insight check on the integrity of the stairs with advantage. With advantage for whoever has the better insight between the two of you. Minus. I have plus two. I have four. Ooh, crit. Mm. First try. Nice. All right. Does that mean I need to roll another one, though? Yeah, I mean, you can for a double crit. Ooh. Just to see if it happens. It did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you go and check out the stairs on this bottom floor. I mean, they're crickety. Like, the stones kind of wiggle that are in the walls, and uh, you can see that there are some pretty heavy cracks in some of them. Uh, with careful footing, you should be good. Okay, guys. Uh, Said that oddly, David. <laughs> you should be good, question mark. Keyword, careful footing. Guys, it may be difficult, but I think these stairs will hold. If we're careful one at a time, at least for us lighter folk. As I kind of like look at maybe Kev. <laughs> 
And uh, don't you dare look at Kurt. And then uh, mm. I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna take a couple steps and start maybe slowly working my way up. All right. So Finch is going first. What's the order of operations here? I'll follow Finch just to be there in case something breaks behind him. Okay. I will follow behind um, Astra because I gotta see this ceremonial like ritual thing that Felomir was talking about last night. Uh, I'm uh, not comfortable with my physical prowess. I'm gonna let them get up to the second floor and make sure they don't have any trouble before I decide to just walk up it. You're just like walking, waiting to walk up the stairs? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I was also waiting for everyone to walk up the stairs, so we're going to get in a situation where I'm going to say, oh, after you. Uh, No, please, I insist. (laughs) No, no, after you. I'm way heavier than you are. I can barely walk. (laughs) That's true, but then if you fall, I could catch you. Don't want you to break a hip. Fine. (laughs) Kurgle, you should go before both of us. Okay. So Kurgle is put into the fourth position, and this will be the order of our skill challenge. As you escalate to the top of this tower. There are six of you, including Kurgle. Guess we're going to treat her with like a vote of what y'all want her to do. Maybe someone can speak up first that has an idea for her. I don't really have a full character sheet for her, so she will be doing just her ability checks. The DC will be 12. Finch. What will you be doing to assist your group in climbing to the top of this tower? So I only use my bubbled in things, right? Maybe can I, I would like to possibly use my stealth to be very light-footed. Okay. As I, as I make my way up a, a few stairs. Okay. Testing the stairs and looking for the spots for everyone to step, maybe? Yeah. All right. So give me a stealth check. 19. All right, you succeed in guiding the group to the top of the tower with finding sure footing. Guys, follow me. So after Finch, we are on to Astra. I will do what I said I was doing and check the the stairs for anything that I might be able to mend quickly Okay. as I go up. So you want to do like a mending spell cast on the way up? So uh, give me the spell check. Uh, so it'll be your spell attack. First sorcerer. Uh, that is a 21. 21 is a success. So you're going up the stairs following Finch, and you see like a, a rough spot, so you quickly mend it as you're moving up. Make sure that the sure footing is better. And you're now on like the flat level of one of the levels, and uh, so you're not technically on the stairs right now, if that changes anything. We're on to Doroth. I'm going to use my acrobatics to... Uh try to step on the places where Finch was stepping that I saw were, were sure areas. Okay. That's an 11. 11 is a fail. So yeah. as you're stepping and following the sure footing, you're trying to keep up with Astra and you're looking up and you're being, being kind of frantic about it. And then you step through a rock and you fall. Oh no. To the, we'll say you're on the second floor to the base floor. Wow. <laughs> Uh, as a rock crumbles and you fall 20 feet, taking 2d6 damage. Dang. That'll be 8 damage. Doroth, are you okay? What the fuck? Ah! He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to catch back up to them? I mean, I'll try. <laughs> you know what? No. It's not worth it to you? No. Right. I'm just going to stay there. All right. You guys have fun. <laughs> 
So after Doroth, we are on to Kurgle. What would y'all like Kurgle to do? She can use any of her ability modifiers. Ooh, yeah. I want her <laughs> to go grab Doroth and throw up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, use her strength check. <laughs> Why? Carry Doroth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotcha. you. <laughs> But why though? <laughs> because it's a callback. <laughs> Let's see who can break your leg this time. I oh thought it was God. gonna be the hole falling through the hole and getting your leg yeah. stuck. But... Jorth cannot do stairs. That's why, like, when he was like, "Oh, you want to try again?" I was like, "No, <laughs> actually, no." Uh, I'm gonna leave Jorth out of it. All right, I've got one. Okay, she will use her charisma. Using her all of her experience as a pirate captain in all those years okay. to encourage us to uh, safely climb the stairs. Right. Uh, commanding each footstep, like watch there, watch there, watch there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so well, uh, roll seventeen. So yeah, she succeeds. So she's like behind Astra now, like kind of like guiding you and pointing at like s- secure spots where everybody else is stuck or where Finch is stuck. And she's just helping guide by uh, being a leader. Uh, watch your foot there. Watch your foot there. Oh, you almost missed where Finch stepped. Don't don't step there, because that's that would have been that would have been bad. Your foot would have gotten caught there. Yo, be careful. Oh, oh. After Kirkle, we're on to Felomir. All right. So I I am hesitant from the beginning about my ability to climb these stairs. So I want to be paying extremely close attention to exactly where everybody is stepping, and I want to use my history check. <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, to, not doomed to repeat it. To step in the exact same spots that they did. I fucking love it. Crit. Yes. <laughs> so you are like a fucking ballerina, just stepping in those perfect spots. Felmir's taking notes. <laughs> Styling yeah. on them. I have a piece of parchment out with the diagram of the stairs. <laughs> All right, if I step on this one, I'll be fine. Tracking every single person's footsteps with one, two, three. And then there's a big arrow leading down where Dorth fell. Oh my God. Don't uh, so after Felomir around to cap. At this point, I guess we're like approaching the second floor. This whole challenge will get you to the top. So somewhere in the tower. Okay. I'll use my perception. All right. I failed my perception. So it doesn't <laughs> matter what I was going to do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, step somewhere and uh, the rock crumbles right beneath you. And we're going to say just because we're so deep in the challenge that you are on the third floor. And so you fall through and hit the second floor. And then that crumbles beneath you, and then you fall low to the next one. Uh, On top of Doroth. Yeah, I'm like, where am I? (laughs) So, Doroth, you just hear all these rocks falling above you, and you look up, and then you see Keth just come through the second floor into the the base floor. Keth, you will take 4d6 falling damage for the 40 feet. Uh, It's going to be 12 falling damage. I'm just going to turn towards him and be like, yeah, I know, right? And I'm just going to lay flat on my back and turn my head and look at Doroth and say, I'm too heavy for this shit. <laughs> so that'll leave the four of, or the three of you plus Kurgle getting to the top. And you will hear Kurgle say, Brother, are you okay? No, I'm okay. Thelomir, Finch, and Astra at the top of the stairs in the moonlit sky. You see a ritual kind of etched into the stone, carved like with a knife. 
and then you see a dead body near it with a chest cavity that's just wide open and gore coming from it. Astra will investigate. And I guess just to know, did we was there anything on any of the other floors or were they just empty it's as just well? Just empty, just lots of dust. I mean, like you may have saw like little clumps. Whatever was here is so ancient that it like it's an open air also that it's just mm-hmm. crumbled to whatever was here. But nothing recent like this body no. or this etching. Nothing. Okay. I specifically would like to investigate the ritual okay. etching. I would as well. Can I do an arcana check? Yeah, I'll allow arcana checks for this. Who's higher? I have a six. I also have a six. So I will assist you. Well, if y'all got the same score, then y'all just roll each. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter. That is a 13. I got an 11. Uh, so, Felomir, nothing really stands out to you on it specifically. But Astro with the 13, you don't really understand exactly what the spell is that he's trying to cast. But based on the arcane markings that are kind of surrounding the circle, you can tell that it is a conjuration spell of some sort. And this is completely arcane yes. writing, right? There's yes. no script or anything? No script, just all arcane writing. Mm, this seems to be some kind of conjuration ritual. Do you know anything about that? I'll uh, peer in a little closer and say, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what spell this could be, though. Hmm. And then at that point, I would probably turn to the body and sort of investigate it to see if maybe there's what belongings are on it or what it's wearing. Okay. Uh, give me a investigation. Bench, is there anything you'd like to do? You're here. I was going to probably check out the body, so I can just say I'm assisting him if you want. Okay. Do it with advantage. 13. All right, so as you check the body, check the pockets, everything like that, you do find a spell book. So this is some sort of wizard or sorcerer or warlock. He's some sort of mage. And the spell book, as you open it up, it's a lot of mostly ritual spells, uh, which you know everything already, so there's nothing really for me to give you mm. uh, in the wizard tomes, that is. And... I'll say that you find, just for the sake of simplicity and ease, that you find a inky thumbprint on a certain page as you're flipping through it. And the page is the listing of teleport. Teleport, huh? I guess I'll point it out to the two of them and say, well, it looks like the last page that was accessed was this one here. And it appears to be pretty high level teleportation spell. Do you think that worm creature teleported out of this man's body? I don't know if that's quite it. I would say that Perhaps, I mean, we know that that worm creature was related to the slods. Maybe this guy teleported the slods here and were attacked by him? Maybe. I would also like to detect magic. Okay. Uh, As you cast detect magic, the ritual itself is dead. Uh, There's no energy coming from it. Mm -hmm. And then with the detect magic, that increases your investigation. Give me an investigation check again on his body. Body. On his body. On his body. <laughs> All over my body. <laughs> That's a nine. Do it with advantage for the detect magic. It's a ten. All right. <laughs> uh, so you do find with the detect magic that there he does have a um, a ring on his finger, and it is the same red colored gem. Ah, this might explain something. I'll pull it off of his finger. Okay. Well, we assumed that those slots were being controlled by someone, and. This ring is the same sort of gem. Perhaps hmm. he was the one controlling them, or uh, attempting to, at least, as I glance at his gaping chest wound. Yes, it seems that they may have gotten the better of him somehow, at least. Indeed. Hopefully there's not any more of these things in the area. Uh, yes, I would hope. I don't know how we would be able to determine that. So it appears you may have found the source of where these slods came from. Uh, his intention is motive, not so much, but it seems to have taken care of itself. 
by in the sense of you killing the slods and the tadpole, and he's dead. I cast mending on the ritual circle to fix the etching so that it's like oh, so that the ritual yeah doesn't are just anymore. gone yeah okay just in case somebody even though it's not uh, active I somebody thought... on the other side of the Harry Potter cabinet might be able to still <laughs> activate it. I thought you were casting mending on the ritual circle to make it like that's complete. what I thought, and yeah. I was like. <laughs> Why are you doing yeah. this? Why? No. no. So to unetch the etchings. Okay. So while uh, Astra is starting to unetch the etchings of this ritual, uh, Finch and Felomir, y'all kind of uh, hang out and ponder. Is there anything you'd like to discuss or investigate while she's doing all this mending? I mean, yeah. I mean, I can look if there's anything else for me to actually find up here. Would you like to do an investigation check? Yeah, I guess. Let me give it a once over. Uh, here. Uh, I hope you find something. And I'll cast guidance. <laughs> Do you want to look at anything in particular? Or just a general check. I think, I guess just a general check. Okay. So it'd be an investigation check plus a D4. 21. All right. Uh, so as you're walking around the area and like letting them determine everything with the magic side of things, you're kind of just peering into the horizon, checking the parapet. And uh, you find some familiar breaking in the vines where it seems like maybe the slods grab the vines and climb down instead of going through the stairs. Maybe some of that muddy handprint yeah, stuff or well, something. Maybe, yeah, just something. Something something, something has shown up for you, and uh, you know that the doorway was kind of hard to find with the vines, mm -hmm. and so maybe even this man uh, climbed up here via the vines on the side. If you look over here, you can definitely see where it looks like I think the slods probably climbed down. And I'm guessing this wizard or mage would ever climbed up too. Assuming there isn't a fourth slot somewhere out there, I, I think we have we've kind of figured this one out. Might be time to start working our way back down. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. I'm sure uh, Rico is very concerned with what happened to us <laughs> since it's been a whole day since we said we'd take care of it. I'm sure he's plenty fine. I'm certainly not stressing about Rico. All right. Well. After after you. Yeah, I guess we'll make our way back down. Is that going to be like another skill check or something? No, or? You, okay. you know, it's the exit of a dungeon. We have his you're... schematics. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Follow follow these directions precisely. <laughs> so you make your way back down. Um, oh, yeah. Kirkle was with you the whole time. So oh, you're just yeah. peering off into the sunset. Wow, this moon. You're really pretty up here, y'all. Yeah, the moonlight. <laughs> and uh, y'all head back down, get back to the bottom floor. And uh, from there, we'll say you probably head back to town. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll show everybody that wasn't up there, like the ring and what we think happened. And uh, we will pick up next session in the city of Jove. I'll kind of like put him to the ground and see if that helps. What about now? I smell some some nuts. <laughs> These nuts. <laughs> Get him! <laughs> yes, something that's the first one. <laughs> Hell yeah! Nice. And uh, we are at the top of the order with Fitch. Uh. And you have your full turn. My full turn now? I'm probably just going to scream, get back in the hut! 
I don't see the point in going out there right now. I mean, I, I don't know. Or should we kill this thing? <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> Eventually. All right. So we're going to hide out in the hut. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, just I, like stab at it from the inside my, my, of the hut. My original idea was I was going to just start swatting at it with my crowbar. So I'm going to go back to that. I like how y'all are like face first into these giant creatures fighting them. And then just one <laughs> little <worm. laughs> <laughs> Star Wars just running from <laughs> Gross. And uh, this thing just jumped on me. Oh my god. Is this alien, Dave? <laughs> you said his chest was burst open. Chest burster. Yes. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, a lot of things reproduce that way, isn't not just alien. Yeah, also uh, insectoid creatures that have organ controls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Insectoid creatures. I thought you said sextoid. I was like, I, what I, is I a heard sex something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> things what that, game have I been playing? That's the word for things that fuck your face. For like, yeah. toys. <laughs> sextoid. We did have to fight that dildo snake that one yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.